0: morning grace how's everyone doing this morning everybody a little bit heavier in their seats this morning I know I'm the gravity is pulling on me just a little bit more this morning as well that's okay that's okay glad you guys could be with us this morning Uh, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and let's just keep that thanks going all the rest of the year and and don't forget the, the great things that God gives us every day and just keep that going. But we're going to continue today in our, the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to be in chapter 9 today. If you don't know me, my name's Sam. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Grace. Glad you guys can be with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and open this thing up. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for being in our presence today, Father. Father, we are not worthy of your love. We're not worthy of your sacrifice, but you chose to love us anyway. Father, I lift up everyone in this building. I lift up all those watching online or listening, wherever they are, they are in the world. Father, I know that through you, grace is reaching to the ends of the earth. And it's not our words, it's not grace's words, but it's your words reaching the multitudes. And we're so blessed and we're so thankful. Father, just stir in this building this morning and speak to our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to what you want to tell each and every one of us. Because it could be something different for each and every one of us. Father, we just lift you up and we give you all the praise and the glory. In your name we pray, amen. So. Who are my, let's be honest, who are my control freaks in here? Okay, we got three honest people. Okay. So control. Control people. All right. Think about control. You know, I was, I was, Sarah and I had this debate the other day in the car about what you could control and what you can't control. And no, she wasn't saying that she could control me. That's not what we were talking about. But Control. And I was kind of like, you know, I heard it in a movie once. I don't remember which movie it was. But someone said that control is an illusion. And the more I thought about that, you know, that makes sense. And that is so true that control is an illusion. Because when you really think about it, you don't really have control over anything. You don't have complete control over your addictions. You don't have complete control over your emotions. Jeff got me into disc golfing. Talking about emotions. Yeah, you think you've got a grasp on that disc and you think that you're throwing it in the right direction and you think you're going to hit the gap. Instead, you hit trees that you don't even see. <laughs> or the disc curves where it shouldn't curve. But control, you think you have control. You think you have a grasp on life. And you think you have a grasp on your addictions, your pains, and your failures, your family or whatever. And in all honesty, you do not have control because once you let go, you let go I know during COVID if you're a planner I had this whole big trip planned out to New York and going to Bermuda so excited about it planned it all year guess what COVID happened plans went out the door I was upset that's not in my control so you can plan all you want make it and having plans is good we need to plan but you also have to be flexible and realize that your plans may change that your plans can change But controlling is an illusion. It reminds me of golfing with Carson over the spring. And I reluctantly let him drive the golf cart. And I'm not going to tell what golf course we were at because I don't want to get in trouble and I want to go back. (laughs) So he's like, Dad, let me drive. I'm like, well, he's driven on my lap before on the golf cart. And he said, no, no, no. He's like, I want complete control. And this just came to me this morning, actually, and I I just remembered it, and I just chuckled. He's like, let me drive. I can do it. It's like, well, we're on the back nine. There's there's not too many houses back here. I said, okay. So he's driving, and we go from one hole to the next, and he's doing a great job. We go to the, the next hole. I tee off. I hit a good shot. I'm happy. I'm like, all right, son, onward. And as soon as he pressed the gas pedal, complete left turn right into the sign. So I'm checking for damage. He's looking at me like he's scared to death. And I'm like, oh. he knocks the sign down. I prop it back up. We're good. We go on like nothing ever happened. Again, I want to go back, so I'm not going to give you more details than that. But he did not have control. I for sure did not have control. But we don't really have control, do we? It's an illusion. We are really not in control. Because everything and anything of this world is Vanity. Our wealth, our possessions, our time, our status, all those things without God is vanity. I and mean, Solomon isn't saying that we should just give up, that we shouldn't plan, that we shouldn't try to control our emotions the best we can, that we try to control what things, how things happen, that we shouldn't stop planning, but not to put our full faith and our full trust in those things. And that's hard for us sometimes. He says quite the opposite, enjoy your life. Enjoy the things in life. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your food and drink. Jeff talked about last week, eat, drink, and be merry. Some of us went a little bit overboard with that this week. I know I did. But just don't make those the gods of your life. Because that can easily happen to make them the gods of your life. Because we're not guaranteed anything. We're not guaranteed anything in life. We don't have control. And the one thing that is certain, I I hate bringing this up, but we have to. It can get a little bit dark, but the only thing that is certain, the only thing that all of us can predict, the only thing that each and every one of us will go through is death. It's death. So the title of today's message is The Debt That All Men Pay. The Debt That All Men Pay. And it's not working. It's okay. Sorry, it's, right. it's up there. It's on the back side. The Debt That All Men Pay. And that's really true because we are in debt because once sin entered the world, death also entered it. It's a curse. So whatever happens in your life, whatever goals you accomplish or don't accomplish, whatever plans that, that work out and plans that don't, your status, your wealth, how much fun you have, death does not care. It doesn't care. It comes to each and every one of us at some point, at some time. And because of sin, there's a debt that must be paid. There's a debt. In chapter 9, why Solomon gives us three truths. And they're up here. They're just not. You can't see them. They're invisible. That the first thing is death is certain. That's the one thing that we all can agree on, that death is certain. The mortality rate is 100%. You've heard that phrase before. It's going to happen. That's the one thing that everyone can predict. They can predict what the weather's going to be tomorrow. Could be right or they could be wrong, but the only thing that people can predict is that everyone at some point will die. That death is certain. That our time is limited. That we don't have forever. That our days on this earth are numbered. And as much as we've said here this morning, though our time has gotten shorter. That our time is limited. That our life is unpredictable. So death is certain. Our time is limited, and our life is unpredictable. Like one minute I'm playing golf, the next minute my son's running me into a sign. Life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. And that's what Psalm is telling us in chapter 9. Those things are true, those things are certain. But see, I think all of us can agree on those three things. We can agree on all those three things, but not all of us live like we know those three things. Like we know that we're living those three things. Reminds me of the song Tim McGraw, right? Live Like You Were Dying. Now you guys want not have that song stuck in your head all day. Now I'm not saying we should all go ride bulls, but that sounds a little fun, or go skydiving. Sounds like a blast. But in reality, we all really should be living like that. We all should be living like we're dying because we are. We are. And there's two kinds of, three kinds of people in here today. Those that fear death and those that Don't fear death at all. And then there's some that fall in the middle that they're a little iffy about it. But death creates a reaction for all of us. That there's one certain thing that death makes us uncomfortable. And Solomon says deal with it. Deal with it. That it comes for us all. That you either need to fear it or you need to embrace it. So I'm going to start in chapter Sit 9 today, verse 1 through 6. Let's get into his word this morning. It's going to be up on the Sky Bible. Maybe? No. No. See, I don't even have control over the remote control. It's all right. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. See, he really does have the whole world in his hands. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and who swears as he is who shuns an oath. This is an evil that is all is done under the sun. That the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness in their hearts while they live, and after they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more to share in all that is done under the sun." And that's deep, Solomon. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Solomon calls death an evil. It's evil. It's not supposed to be that way. Right? The garden, he he made everything perfect. He made Adam and Eve perfect. And then sin entered in. Death entered in. The evil is done under the sun. It's not natural. It it isn't neutral. It's evil and it's our enemy. Death is our enemy. Death is our enemy. still not working. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 25, it talks about death being our number one enemy and that Christ one day will come back and defeat death once and for all, Sam's version. But it's it's something that's going to be conquered. But death is our enemy and that one day it will be defeated once and for all. But until then, there's hope. There's hope for us all. If you're sitting here today and you're breathing, you're breathing air that God has given you, you have hope. You have hope over death. Death is certain, but Solomon is saying it's still better to be living than dead. It's still rather be better living than dead. Take my clicker. You can have control over the remote control. But in verse 4, listen to this. But he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Working out. Thank, you. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> That's it, all men pay. Our death is certain. Our time is limited. Our life is unpredictable. For he must reign until he's put all his enemies under his feet. Shades of Genesis, I love that part. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put into subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. Death will be under him. Genesis, he's going to crush Satan's head with his heel. Sin and death will be under his foot. That's where we find our victory. But until then, there is hope. There is hope that the certain dead dogs are better I mean, live dogs are better than dead lions. <laughs> I'll get that straight. Think about dogs for a second. I'm a dog lover. I don't, I don't ever see a dog that I don't like. I let them lick me in the face after they've licked their other places. <laughs> but to the people that Solomon's speaking to, dogs are like rats. They're unclean. They don't even want anything to do with them. Nothing. So Solomon's saying a live dog, basically a rat, something that's filthy and unclean is better than a dead lion. And we know that a lion back then represented a king, represented wealth, represented power. But if that lion's dead, it's dead. It has no hope. It has no power. So are you alive today or are you dead? Then one day that enemy will be defeated. So, I came across this comic. We we guys put it up there. This is advanced theology. I think it's going to be up here. But I'm not going to assume anything. Oh, here it is. See, Snoopy, he knows what's going on. He's typing. And it says, as it says in the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes, a living dog is better than a dead lion. What does that mean? I don't know, but I agree with it. (laughs) You should agree with it. It's true. But if you're still living and you're breathing, you have it good. There's still hope. Solomon wants us to understand that facing our death will help us learn how to live. If you come to grasp it, we all are going to die, basically get over it. He's going to help you learn to live. I love Band of Brothers. And one of the lieutenants, his name is Lieutenant Spears. One of his soldiers is like, I'm scared to death. I don't know how to go on. And I love his response. His response was, if you just picture yourself, if you, if you just think about already being dead, then you can face it. Then you can go on and you can fight. Just realize that you're already dead. And I thought, wow, that's kind of powerful, kind of scary at the same time. That's the only way to get through it, to be brave, is to realize that you are already dead. Death is a curse, but it's also a doorway. Death is an evil curse. But there is a cure. It, there is a cure. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, that is the cure. Jesus is the only way to defeat death and to truly live like you are dying. To truly live, like Tim McGraw tells you to live, to live like you are dying. is to embrace Christ and accept what he did on the cross for you, his resurrection. Believing that is the only way to defeat death, to truly live like you are dying. Jesus said in John 10.10 that The thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come that they may have life and to live it to the fullest. Jesus has come to give us life. So the only way to not fear death is to be secure in Christ. To be secure in him. See, all of our bodies will die. All of our bodies will die. But our eternal souls will live on forever. Your soul will live on forever. So yes, death is certain, but death is only certain for our bodies. But you will live on. You will live on in one place or the other. We will all die of physical death. But Christ, so that our old self could die, placed himself on the cross so that we could have eternal life. You can either choose to stay dead, and hell will last just as long as heaven does. You can choose to stay dead, Or don't stay dead. But if you are breathing, you have hope. Give your life to Jesus today. Give it to him today. Make him Lord over your life. And you will live forever. In John 5, verse 24, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. That's what Christ on the cross does for us. We pass from death to life. Cross over. So until you die, discipline yourself to enjoy the things God has given you in life. This is the good part. Yes, we're all going to die. But until then, enjoy the things he gave us. Be thankful for the things that he has given us. Enjoy those things. Verse 7. Go, eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Sarah says not mine, but let not all be liking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife of whom you love. Enjoy life with the wife of whom you love. All the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life, and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge of wisdom in Sheol, which means the afterlife or the grave to which you are going. So enjoy. Solomon's saying, yes, you, we are all going to die. You're, there's no way out of it. And see, Solomon didn't even know about Christ yet. He, he put his hope in God, but we can put our hope in Christ, that we know that what he did for us, that our dead souls can become alive he says, until then, enjoy everything. Solomon says, have a blast while you last. Enjoy the gifts life has God blessed you with. Enjoy food. Enjoy drink. That should make you happy. Some of you are miserable this week because you're on a diet. <laughs> diet, eat kale, stay fit, exercise, and die anyway. Because most of the time that's vanity anyway. Now I know there's, there's times when people, your doctor tells you to, to slow down eating bacon and things like that. And we have medical issues. But for the most part, even in those situations, even those foods that you can't enjoy, find the foods that you can't eat and enjoy those because you're blessed. Enjoy your meals. But not only enjoy your meals, enjoy the ones you're with. Oh, really? I have to enjoy the people I'm with? <laughs> but he's saying slow down. Savor it. Enjoy it. Take your time. See, I told you guys, eating slow is, is, is good. See, my friends make fun of me all the time because I'm like the last one eating. Like I take, a, I take my time eating. And they make fun of me. So now they're, they're getting payback for this. So eat slow. Don't eat like you're in the Marines. There's no reason for it. So drink any drink. Drink your sweet tea. Drink your Pepsi. Drink your wine. Be merry. Enjoy that cup of coffee. It's good. But don't drink wine or anything else to be happy. Drink it because you are happy. And see, we get that skewed a lot. That We, we drink because it, we think it's going to make us happy. But we drink... And eat because we are happy. See, God delights in his children when we enjoy the things that he has created for us to enjoy. It is good, but sometimes we pervert those things. But he delights in us enjoying those things. And I couldn't help but read this passage and think about a wedding feast. A party. That Jesus' first public miracle was turning water into wine he done that so that the party could go on, so that people could still be happy. And God's telling us, dress up. Put on your good clothes. Take a bath. Smell good. Put on perfume. Wear a deodorant for a change. <laughs> Youth. But he's saying, don't, don't dress like you're in mourning. Don't dress like you're at a funeral. That put on white. Put on white, even though you're probably going to stain it. Put on white. Get dressed up. God says it's okay to wear white after Labor Day. Right here, Ecclesiastes 9. It says to enjoy our company. Enjoy our company. In verse 9, it says, enjoy your wives. Enjoy your wives. And yes, that means taking them on a date. That means enjoying them like you're imagining right now. But do you enjoy time with your wife? Do you enjoy spending time with your spouse or your husband? Do you treasure them? Solomon wrote a proverb. It says a man finds a wife. He finds a treasure. When a man finds a wife, he finds a treasure, and God delights in him. God delights when we treasure our husbands and our wives. But sometimes we pervert that as well. So, wives, do you enjoy your husbands, or do you just tolerate us? Vice versa. But God someone says treasure relationships that, that life is short. You're not guaranteed anything. Treasure relationships. Enjoy each other before it's too late. Some of you, your your spouse is no longer sitting with you. You can speak from experience that time is short. Enjoy each other. Go on vacation. Enjoy your family and friends. Don't just tolerate them. See, God not only wants us to eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy our work as well. Ugh you're like, wait a minute, my job stinks. My boss is awful. Church staff, you can't say that. Our boss is wonderful. (laughs) My workers, they don't respect me. My my students, they don't don't listen to me. One does. (laughs) But whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. See, we're not always going to like our jobs. We're not always going to like the fit. That we're in, but God says, delight in those things. Be thankful for that job. Be a light where there is no light. Be thankful for a job that's hard. Be thankful for that job, even though you might not be happy. Find joy in that. How hard? But find joy in it, whatever you find your hands doing. Doug O'Donnell wrote in his commentary that he said that true spirituality has honest delight and lawful pleasures see we all through this we've been talking about eat drink be merry eat drink be merry but there's limits to those hopefully you guys know that already but there is a balance that we shouldn't overeat we shouldn't overdrink. we I guess we could be over but Solomon is saying to enjoy these things but don't turn them into idols and so many times we can turn those things that God created for joy into an idol we we have to have it to be happy See, the joys of eating and drinking, marriage, work, that all started in the garden. God created those things for us. It was all great, but they had all changed when man sinned. Suddenly, there was eating that could turn into gluttony. Drinking that could turn into drunkenness and an addiction. Strife in marriage where it should be happy and a place of joy. Toil and strife and. And disagreements at work, but all because of sin. See, we enjoy these things because we love Jesus and want to honor Him. Solomon is telling us not to make the same mistakes that He did. He can see this all in the sun. He's he's lived this with all of His wives that didn't make Him happy, watching people work for Him, maybe drinking too much, maybe eating too much. And He saw all of this was vanity. It means nothing to me. It means nothing, it's all vanity. That we cannot pervert god's gifts see these these gifts can quickly become temporary destructive joy instead of godly joy destructive joy instead of godly joy that we can't really enjoy anything apart from god so how do you know if you're honoring god with those things that he tells us to eat drink and be merry with so think about it can how can you take part, partake of these things eat and drink that give you joy And honor him at the same time. Can you give thanks for it? So those things that eat, drink, and be merry, those things that give you joy in life, can you give thanks for those things? God, thank you for this steak. Thank you for this pie. Thank you for this good cup of coffee. Thank you for this, this beer, this wine. Lord, thank you for this banana pudding. (laughs) See, there are things in life that we shouldn't be able to give God thanks for. And see, those are the things that we need to let go of. I don't think there's any addict that ever thanked God for that line of cocaine. And if he did, there's big problems. But those things in life... Those things that you enjoy, can you give God thanks for it? Then that's how you know it's godly. If you cannot give him thanks for it, maybe you shouldn't partake of it. Maybe you've perverted that gift. Our enjoyment in life should honor the one who created it. God is telling us to enjoy it, but honor me. Enjoy it, but don't let it destroy you. Don't let it become an idol. Because our time is limited. So enjoy God's gifts, but also our life is unpredictable. Our life is unpredictable. So expect the unpredictable. Some of that makes you uncomfortable, especially if you like to be in control. But embrace the unpredictable and weather it with gospel flexibility. That means have a godly flexibility. That means have a mindset of Jesus that you have, like Solomon says in verse 1, that you have everything under control, God. I'm going to give it to you, Jesus, You have everything under control. My control is an illusion. But God, you have control over everything. And I put my trust in you. Verses 11 through 18. Again, I saw all under the sun. The race is not to the swift, nor to the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time. Like fish are taken in an evil net. Like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time. When suddenly falls upon them. I also have seen this example of wisdom under the sun. And it seemed great to me. There's a little city with a few men in it. And a great king came against it and besieged it. Building great siege works against it. But there was one found in it. Poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered the poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised. And his words are not heard. The words of the wise, heard in quiet, are better than the shouting of a ruler amongst fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. See, life is unpredictable, and control is an illusion, See, God really does have the whole world in his hands. He is in control. That psalmist saying life is unpredictable, that plans change, but he does not. The faster doesn't always win. Tortoise and the hare, anybody? The hare was clearly the fastest, but he didn't win. The slower guy won. Life is unpredictable. The strong don't always win the battle. Upsets happen all the time. That's why they call it March Madness. Upsets happen all the time. And the mighty giant, ask him about David. The strong and big don't always win the battle. The smart and the wise, they don't always come out on top. Your success might not last. Your season of strife may not last. Your words, like the poor man that saved the city but went unnoticed, your words may go unnoticed at work. Don't give up hope. Find joy in it. Embrace your wisdom. You don't have to get a knowledge for it. Your works may go unnoticed, but God sees them. You may feel that you're not invited to the party. You may feel unwanted, that no one likes or accepts you. But Jesus tells us that we're all invited. That we are all invited. We're all invited to the party. Just like the banquet that we're all invited to, all we must do is accept the invitation. All we must do is accept that invitation that one day there's going to be a great wedding feast. And in closing, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 through 58. It says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory our lord jesus christ that's who we have victory through therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that in the lord your labor is not in vain your labor is not in vain that's who we put our hope in that's who we put our trust in we can we can eat drink and be merry And enjoy things that God has given us, the things he created, because of who he is. Enjoy life because you've been promised victory. If you're sitting here today and and you're you're spiritually dead, that you're afraid of death, like you're so afraid that you can't even walk out this door without worrying about it, turn it over to Jesus. Give it to him. Go from death to life because what he did for you on the cross. See, he's going to come back one day. And we're all going to be invited to that banquet. It's like the wedding feast. That he's going to see us all dressed in white. that we're, Because we're washed in his blood. Not because of our failures, but because of what he did for us. That he's going to come back for his bride. And our souls are going to live forever. That he has defeated death. That we no longer have to be afraid of death because it's been defeated on the cross. We don't have to wear the clothes of mourning. Take off the black. Put on perfume. Perk up. Be joyful. Because you have life. You have life and you still have hope today. That hope is Jesus. And his death defeated our death. Our death has been defeated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for sending your son to die. unclean unworthy sinners like us that when we call you into our hearts we accept you as our Lord and Savior and we make you Lord over our life and that's Lord over everything Lord over what we eat Lord over what we drink Lord over what we enjoy then you wash us white as snow that we can wear those garments of pure white because that's all you see is your son on our lives. Father, I ask that you don't let anyone leave this building today afraid of death. Don't let anyone leave this building without knowing the true gift of life. Don't let anyone leave this building without inviting you into their heart and being their Savior. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for being in our presence today. We love you and we thank you. In then name we pray, amen.